Our Bible reading is from uh, John's Gospel, chapter 16, and beginning to read at verse 16, you can find a Bible uh, under the chairs. We've been looking in this series called uh, Jesus and His Friends, at the words Jesus spoke uh, to his disciples, uh, his 12, on the night before he died in the upper room. Uh, Jesus has just been speaking to them about the Holy Spirit, and now he continues. Jesus went on to say, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me. At this, some of his disciples said to one another, What does he mean by saying, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me, and because I am going to the Father? They kept asking, What does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he is saying. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this. So he said to them, Are you asking one another what I meant when I said, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? Very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will be turned to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief. But I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. In that day you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. Then Jesus' disciples said, Now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. Do you now believe? Jesus replied. A time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. This is the uh, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good evening. Welcome to St. John's. Uh, very happy to have you with us uh, to celebrate with, with Sean. Sean is there, all changed. Um, my name is Aaron. I'm the assistant minister here at St. John's. Uh, this, if this is your first time here with us, a very warm welcome. And welcome to you two who are streaming online with us. 
Uh, if you still have your Bible with you, we are on page 1084. Let's say a quick prayer before, we, before I dive in with you. Dear Heavenly Father, by your Holy Spirit, would you open our eyes so that through your words we may see Jesus, your Son, and believe. Amen. Um, I wonder if you all know Charles Dickens' um, A Christmas Carol. A Christmas Carols. Carol, sorry, singular. Got to get that right. Uh, if you don't know the story yet, uh, which I hope no one don't know that yet, but I won't spo spoil it for you. Uh, and if you are a lazy reader like me, fear not, there are at least 23 films made uh, about, about Scrooge, so, uh, so take your pick. What right have you to be merry? What reasons have you to be merry? You are poor enough. Uh, Scrooge said that when uh, he was speaking to his employee, Bob Crutchett, about the idea of celebrating Christmas. And we could have easily en encountered someone who's as unhappy as Scrooge in our life around. Uh, but hey, I wonder what gives you joy? Good food, good fun with good company, seeing little chicks popping out of uh, their eggs. I love seeing little chicks. Uh, you know, new life and all that. Uh, or something else worth celebrating. And we, we have just witnessed Sean getting baptized earlier. What a joy. I always enjoyed watching baptisms, baptism, baptism services um, for, for a special reason, I'll tell you a little bit. Um, usually, usually, a baptism service would go quite smoothly. But sometimes you'd see people getting a bit nervous, um, those who are getting baptized. And so they, they would lose their balance in the pool. And then most, most times, uh, the experienced minister would just use that, that falling momentum. So with, with his lightning reflexes, catching and dunking at the same time, and just lift that person up, success. You know, no one is embarrassed. <laughs> but, but occasionally, just, just occasionally, uh, the minister would get dragged into the water. <laughs> uh, uh, pity. I mean, I mean, thankfully, that didn't happen with Sean earlier. <laughs> uh, but but truth, truth to, to be told, the, the naughty side of me quite enjoyed seeing when that happened. Uh, be, because uh, it's such a joyful moment. And uh, with a little extra bit of fun, it just makes, makes it all very memorable uh, for both the person getting baptized and for people watching. <laughs> so our, our passage this evening was... Uh, was the final words Jesus said to his disciples in, his, in this final meal they ate together. Right after Jesus told them, oh, that's about to happen, his coming suffering, his, his death, their future suffering and persecution because of being Jesus' follower. And, and Jesus himself leaving so that the Holy Spirit would come, as Corinne has introduced this passage already for us. Um, but all that was a lot of information for the disciples. Trying to grasp what Jesus had disclosed over this meal um, within a few hours. 
uh, felt a bit like taking, trying to take a sip of water from a fire hydrant. So, uh, Jesus knew that very well. And, and he wasn't worried because he knew that when the Holy Spirit comes, he would help them to remember what he had said. And he would help them to understand. So here, before, before Jesus goes, he wanted to leave his disciples with a few reasons to be joyful. Firstly, they will get to see Jesus again. Uh, I probably, probably should have dropped again in this heading. Or I'll change it to, to they will see Jesus again. Because for you and I, uh, we didn't get to hang out with Jesus in person like they, they did. So for us, when we see Jesus uh, face to face, it would be the first time we see him with our physical eyes. But, when, uh, but we, have, we have the word of God, the Bible, and by believing his, by believing, his, his Holy Spirit comes to live with, uh, within us. So in a sense, we could say we have also seen Jesus already through the word as the Holy Spirit makes Jesus known to us. And so that's, so that's, that's why I, I, I just left it there. We could say we, we see Jesus again as well. Um, there's a bit of debate going on with what Jesus meant here when he said, after a little while you will see me. Some theologians think Jesus was talking about his post-resurrection appearances. But then others think Jesus was talking about his second coming. But with either of those two options, all theologians would agree on two things. That Jesus did indeed suffer and die on the cross, and he was raised from the dead. So his death and his resurrection. His resurrection. You see, Jesus told his disciples what would happen to himself and to them. Things won't be easy. There will be suffering. There will be persecution. Because the world hates Jesus. And the world will hate those who follow Jesus too. They would think that by persecuting and killing Christians, they are doing the right things. And they are offering a service to God. And the world will do just that starting with Jesus. And when that happens, Jesus says in verse 20, 20, the world would rejoice while they will weep and mourn. But Jesus adds, you will grieve indeed, but your grief will turn into joy. Your grief will be so painful. I was told that labor pain is usually rated most high on, on the pain on the pen scale. Maybe you can ask the doctors in, in this church. They, they will tell you if they agree or, or, or disagree. Um, and Jesus compares that pen with, with labor pen, with birth pen. Um, of a woman giving birth in verse 21. But Jesus says that that pen would turn into joy like a mother welcomes her child into the world. And how, how is that possible? Verse 22, because I'll be back. I couldn't do it. I'll be back. So, so, so hard. Uh, but Jesus actually was the first person to make that line famous, not, not Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
Oh, we, but I, oh, I couldn't do it. Oh, well. We will see Jesus again because Jesus didn't, say, Jesus, Jesus didn't stay dead. He is alive. That's why resurrection is absolutely essential. Because if there's no resurrection, why are we even sitting here wasting our time? Without resurrection, Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that Christ would have died for nothing. And our faith is futile. We are still in our sins. And we'd be the world's most foolish people. We are of all people most to be pitied. And with Shion, what Shion did earlier in the pool uh, would mean absolutely nothing except he got wet. The world might be laughing now and you will surely grieve. But it's not a farewell. It's see you later. And Jesus says, when I return, your world, your world will get the final laugh. And Jesus says, no one will take away that joy because that joy is permanent. Secondly, we can rejoice because we have direct access to the Father. Uh, again, I was thinking, maybe I should change this, this heading to, um, as verse 24 suggests, we can rejoice because the Father answers prayers. You know, who wouldn't be happy when, when you're given what you, you have asked for? But because of what Jesus said from verses 23 to 28, I thought I'd stick with that, um, having direct access to the Father. Because it's, it's having that relationship, we can ask him directly. And because we can ask the Father directly, therefore he will give what we ask of him. Therefore, our joy will be completed. Uh, it might be a bit of a shock to read from what Jesus uh, said in verse 24, that the disciples at that point have not yet asked for anything in his name. That's a strange thought. Uh, we can always speculate and say maybe, maybe they did pray, maybe they're still learning how to pray, but the reality is we have never seen the disciples in prayer in the Gospels. And you can find descriptions of Jesus praying a lot. Um, you can find Jesus teaching about prayers, but there's no description of the disciples praying in the Gospels. Maybe, maybe they didn't feel much need for prayer. I mean, think about it. They had Jesus with them. Jesus was the Emmanuel, God with us. So when Jesus was with his disciples, he was their teacher, their leader, their Lord. And he had divine wisdom. And he, he had powers to do miracles. And Jesus was always there with them whenever they, they didn't know what to do. And he answered all their questions. And they could always go directly to Jesus and ask him to, for help. So I guess the disciples probably didn't feel much need to pray. But that's about to change because Jesus was going away. The good news, though, is that they can come to the Father directly in Jesus' name. What does it mean to, 
to ask in Jesus' name. Um, it's not so much as in, you know, oh, oh hey, God, uh, our, our big brother, Jesus, couldn't help us. And so he told us to come to you um, and ask you for help. Uh, nor is it like trying to elbow God into answering our, our prayers with Jesus' name, as if his name is a magic word. You know, in Jesus' name, that would, this or that would happen. So two quick thoughts. Firstly, to ask in Jesus' name means asking in harmony with who Jesus is. In order for something to be in Jesus' name, in reality, it must, it must be consistent with the character and the will of Jesus. And to really know who Jesus is and what his will is, we need to remain in him and his words remain in us. And we were told in Matthew chapter 1 that Jesus was given this name, Jesus, uh, which is the Greek version of the Hebrew name Yehoshua, um, which in English it, it turned into Joshua. So Joshua literally means Yahweh saves, God saves, because he, he, will, he will save his people from, from their sin. So for example, if I say, Father, please give me a Mercedes-Benz in the name of Jesus. Um, I shouldn't be surprised at all if God didn't give me a yes as an answer. But if you want to know this God, if you want to know God and you pray in Jesus' name, asking God to reveal himself to you, to help understand his word so that you could know him, then of course he's going to do that. Because it's, it's his nature that he delights to make himself known to anyone who seeks. And it is his will that he does not want people to perish, but to have eternal life. Second thought, uh, verse 27. Uh, the Father himself loves you. Jesus told them before that by believing in him, they have the right to be children of God. And in the book of Romans, we were reminded that the Holy Spirit whom we received is God affirming us that we are no longer slaves. Uh, but as a confirmation that we are adopted and we have the right to call our God Abba. That's Daddy in Aramaic. And therefore, we as God's children, we have direct access to the Father. You don't have to go through the saints to pray to God. You don't have to go through Virgin Mary to help you bring a message to God as if he's too busy to listen to your prayers. <clears throat> Jesus has made it possible for us to speak to God directly in his name. So approach God our Father confidently and joyfully as his children. There's so much more we could say about prayer from this little passage here, but I'm afraid we'll have to leave it till later. Uh, the good news is from next Sunday onwards, we will explore more on the topic of prayer. So we can be joyful because in Jesus' name we ask and we, have, we can ask the Father directly. Thirdly, we really can be joyful 
because Jesus has told us his winning plan. Verse 33, I have told you these things. These things pretty much summed up everything Jesus told them throughout his time with them, especially over this, this final meal he had with them. Jesus told them everything in detail, including how, how they will soon be scattered, how they will all desert Jesus. But why would, why would Jesus bother telling them everything in detail? Well, verses 29 and 30 seemed to suggest that the disciples finally had this aha moment. Uh, and they acknowledged that Jesus knows all things. And he didn't even need to have anyone ask him any questions. Well, in John chapter 15, verse 15, Jesus says, I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Jesus told them everything as their friend. Uh, back to our passage, verse 33. When things started to happen, as Jesus foretold, they might freak out. They might freak out initially. But as they start to remember and understand all the things that Jesus had previously said, they won't be troubled anymore. They will have peace. They will, they will be grieving. They will, be, they, they will grieve but their grief will turn to joy. And because everything will happen according to what Jesus said. And most importantly, he has overcome the world. Next time when you go to, when you, when you visit a cathedral or a church, especially if you are traveling to Europe um, to see all the famous churches or cathedrals, uh, pay close attention to, to their crosses, um, crosses on display. I think we, we have one on display at St. John's. That one there. Um, so if you pay, pay your attention next time, and you look carefully, you'll notice that quite a few churches would have um, a cross displayed with Jesus on it, something like that. Uh, in my personal opinion, I might be wrong, but that's how I felt. Uh, I think that's a bit depressing if you think about it. Certainly, the cross reminds us of Jesus' suffering, but it also reminds us of his victory. Jesus died on the cross, but he did not stay on the cross. Jesus was buried, but he did not stay in the grave. Uh, Jesus died on the cross for our sins, but he was raised from the dead to prove he has authority over his enemy even over death. Jesus has overcome the world. That's his winning plan. That's why Jesus could say to his disciples, I'll be back. Oh, it's better this time. Uh, and through Jesus, all those who believe in him are on the winning side. So to wrap up, when people like Scrooge asks us what are our reasons to be married, we could all answer confidently, like Sean, by explaining how we knew he has been forgiven. Uh, knowing that we can have eternal life 
only by believing in Jesus who died on the cross for our sins, whom we will see again. And that's the first reason to be joyful. And secondly, we get to pray directly to God, and he answers our prayers. And finally, we can rejoice because we are included in God's winning plan. We belong to him, and we are raised with Christ to overcome the world together with him. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love that you've sent your son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins so that anyone who believes in him will be saved and are no longer condemned. Thank you for the scripture through which we can hear your words speaking to us. And thank you for the gift of prayer. Thank you for welcoming us to come to you, our Father, directly. What a privilege that we get to be called your children. And we pray too that everyone here with us tonight who, who are not your children yet will come to a personal relationship with you. And Father, may you, the God of hope, fill us with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of your Holy Spirit we may abound in hope. And help, help Sean who publicly declared his faith and help each of us who believe to continue to grow in our love for you, for each other and for the world, that we might boldly be light and salt in this world, pointing people to Jesus and bring glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.